This isn't Grandma's radio show. We talk about slobber knocking fights. Ground and pound. Rear naked jokes. Plug your ears if you don't want to hear it. It's coming up next, another brand new episode of Sucker Radio. This is MMA fight music producer Mikey Ruckus, and you are listening to another edition of Sucker Radio with your host, Jeremy Brand. Be sure to catch all your mixed martial arts news and interviews and updates at www.mmasucker.com. I can't believe this could happen. What is up, Sucker Radio fans? Back for another episode of Sucker Radio here on MMASucker.com, as well as last word on sports.com. So, as always, make sure you take out those two fantastic sites after you've listened to this very podcast. Now, before I get into things, I just want to send my sincere and deepest condolences to the family and friends and teammates of Jordan Parsons. Now, if you're listening to this podcast and you don't know what happened, head on over to MMASucker.com. We've got a story up there, but Jordan was walking through Florida, down the street, listening to his headphones while he was struck by a motor vehicle. The person took off, and uh, he was taken to the hospital, had his leg amputated, and just one day after, he sadly passed away. So once again, my condolences to the family and friends and teammates and everyone else who knew Jordan Parsons. Now onto this show, we've got two fantastic guests. I'm going to chat with Mike Jasper a little bit later on. You may not know the name. You might know the name. He's fought for RFA. He's fought for Bama USA. And he's going to be fighting for Battlefield Fight League this Saturday night against a hometown boy, Brandon Kornberger. So I'm going to be chatting with him a little bit later on. And kicking off the show... Justin Pirro has done an interview with one of the veterans of mixed martial arts. He will be making his Bellator debut next weekend. Sergei Karatanov will be joining Justin Pirro. And I'm only going to play a portion of that interview. It's going to tease over to Eye of the Storm, the MMA podcast, so that you can listen to the full extended interview with Sergei Karatanov. Before we get into that, some news from the week. There were some big, big fight announcements. Robbie Lawler will put his belt on the line against Tyron Woodley. This guy has been waiting in the wings for quite some time. This matchup will headline UFC 201. UFC on Fox 20 gets Edson Barboza versus Gilbert Melendez, as well as former UFC women's bantamweight champion Holly Holm takes on Valentina Shevchenko for the very first time entering the octagon since losing her 135-pound gold. Another matchup added to the UFC on Fox 20 lineup, Anthony Johnson takes on Glover Teixeira. Man, that one is going to be fireworks. This event goes down July 23rd from Chicago, Illinois, and as always, you can check out the UFC Fox events on Fox. This Saturday night, we have UFC Fight Night 87. Heavyweights enter the cage in the main event as Andre Arlovsky takes on Alistair Overeem. Going to be a very fun card. I'm not going to go over it right now because we're going to get right into our first guest. Justin Pierrot talks to Sergei Karatanov right after this. Hello, I am here now with my guest Sergei Karatanov and his translator Artem. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Sergey is going to be fighting this May 14th at Bellator 154. He has fought and won all across the world. So, Sergey, how are you doing today? 
I'm doing great, thank you. It's um, almost like a direct sequel to your last time here in the United States where you were fighting for Scott Coker in Strike Force. Now you're fighting for Scott in Bellator. Has it been a seamless transition going back? Yeah, well, I worked with Scott Cocker before. Uh, he put me on tournaments, and it was a great honor for me to fight uh, uh, for him. So there was a big factor when I was signing a contract with Bellator that uh, he is the leader that I can work with him again uh, because we have a great relationship. That's good to hear. And... Uh... Now you're booked against Josh Appelt. It's not quite uh, Andre Arlovsky or Josh Barnett, but he looks like a heavyweight who has been on the rise, having won his last two fights by TKO. Are you excited to uh, be facing a young up-and-comer like this? Uh, yeah, you're right uh, about the knockouts. Um, I saw his fights before, and uh, uh, I can say that he's a strong opponent uh, because um, he's good on the. He, he has good stand-up. I also watched the, some of the wrestling techniques that he does. I saw a couple of takedowns that he does. So he's also good on the ground. So yeah, I'm very excited for this fight. I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a very spectacular fight. Yes, and are you still doing your training with Golden Glory, or have you moved to a new gym? No, I don't train at Golden Glory. Right now, I train at Wildcard. It's a pretty large gym here in Los Angeles. There, we do some sparrings and work on the stand-up game. And as for the ground game, go to King's MMA, also here in L.A. Now, the last time you've uh, stepped into the cage or the ring for a mixed martial arts fight was back in July of 2015. What has uh, kept you out of MMA for almost a year? You know, uh, I think it's a combination of different factors, but most importantly, we were looking for good matchups, great matchups for me. Uh, I didn't want to take any fights uh, from any organization, so I think it was a lot of like negotiations with uh, different promotions. And uh, after I saw the deal that the Bellator offered me, and I took it immediately and we tried to set up a fight as soon as possible. So, yeah, it was just the negotiation period, nothing else. So are you training in America full-time now? Have you uh, moved everything over to America, including your family, or are you still living elsewhere when you're not in training camp?
Uh, no, I don't think about it. I will train and live in Russia, uh, but I will come to the United States uh, when my fights are here so that uh, I can get some preparation uh, in here in the same time zone, climate, stuff like that. All right. Well, Sergey, I want to thank you very much for your time. Good luck to you at Bellator 154 on May 14th. We all look forward to your victory. Uh, he says thank you. Thank you so much. Mike Jasper will be heading into enemy territory this Saturday night, May 7th, against Brendan Kornberger at Battlefield Fight League 43. That man joins the show right now. Mike, thanks for joining me today, man. No problem, man. Glad to be on. Now, just uh, talk about, as I said, coming into enemy territory. You're coming into Canada. I'm not sure whether this is your first fight in Canada. Actually, I think it might be. Uh, How does it feel to come up north to to fight someone in front of his own hometown crowd? Uh, yeah, it's definitely my first fight in Canada. It's my first time ever actually being up there. So, you know, it's going to be a cool little experience uh you know as far as his fighting in front of guys hometowns you know i've done it before uh i've done it in california going to different cities and fighting in front of you know other guys crowds uh i've been to vegas uh texas whatnot you know so traveling and stuff's it's kind of just part of the game you know at this point but uh you know i don't see it playing a factor you know i, I plan on going in there and putting on a good show I guess fighting in Vancouver isn't that big a deal. I mean, there's no time change, none of that kind of stuff. You're still on the West Coast. Yeah, yeah it's not too bad at all. I mean, uh, you know, the flight for me is only about two and a half hours or something like that. So it's definitely not going to be uh, too big of a deal. Have you been up to Vancouver before? No, not at all. Man. It's, my, uh, it's my first time actually uh, crossing the border, so I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully there's no troubles with that, eh? <laughs> no, no, we're good. We'll be good. <laughs> All right, so take us back. I mean, you're 9 and 3, you're 32 years old. I know you didn't start out as a mixed martial artist. Just take us back how you got into the sport growing up, what you did as a child in terms of sports and all that kind of stuff cuz you were quite an athlete, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, growing up, uh I was kind of a usually a multi-sport athlete. Uh played a lot of a uh, uh football, like American rules football. Um you know, I played for about 15 years, uh, youth, high school, uh, into a junior college, ended up going to uh, getting a scholarship to a uh, university of Charleston and then came back and played, a uh, probably like four years of semi-pro, uh, football as well. Um, wrestled in high school, a little bit of track and whatnot, but, uh, I started doing uh, mixed martial arts, you know, because, uh, I was looking for kind of like an upper edge to, uh, to get in shape and, and to stay in shape for football in the off season. So I started doing, uh, um, uh, some, some Muay Thai and kickboxing at a uh, boss Rutan's the uh, elite MMA out here in Southern California. So, but, uh, it took about five, six months, man. And I, uh, I pretty much fell in love with it. Was there, and, was, uh, been, were you, uh, was there yeah. a chance of going pro with football or, or was that like sort of just on the back burner, and MMA sort of fell right into your hands. Uh, kind of on the back burner, you know. I mean, I I, I played some semi-pro, which isn't anything too too special, but um, kind of like you think you said, you said, you know, it kind of just fell right into my lap. And uh, I did about six months, and then I had my first amateur fight, and uh, I ran off about eight. I went eight and zero as an amateur within about a year and a half, two years, and. 
you know, I was kind of more or less just like, hey, let's do this, man. Let's go pro. I talked to Boss and my coach James at the time and uh, ended up going pro and uh, <clears throat> rest is kind of history, man. Are you still affiliated with Boss? Yeah, yeah. I train there uh, a couple of days a week, do some like strength training there as, as well as uh, my jiu-jitsu with, uh, with Rodrigo Carvalho. Um, but yeah, I see bosses in there at least two days a week, teaches classes, whatnot. It's gotta be cool to have like such a legend as your head mentor. Yeah. I mean, he's, uh, he's cornered me in a bunch of fights. Uh, not so much anymore, uh, more or less. Cause the guy's got, you know, the biggest plate as far as things he's doing, whether it's, you know, MMA live or, uh, movies or, you know, he's just got a lot going on. So, uh, um, you know, it, it was, it's great to have him there. You know, if I ever need favors for anything, uh, you know, uh, I can call him, you know, text him, whatever, but it's, it's, it's been cool as hell to have him <clears throat> be in my corner and, you know, help me out, give me tips. Cause like, like you said, you know, he's a legend and he's, there's not much he hasn't seen in the game. You know, the guy's a hall of famer in the UFC and, uh, he's a really good guy. I mean, he would, he'd take the shirt off his back and give it to you. And, and the energy that you see with him on TV is, exactly how he is in the gym and in person nothing's fake you know that's just who he is <laughs> any crazy stories i mean you got to have something about this guy <laughs> i've got plenty of them yeah he's uh his plenty of good stories from him in his dutch days that's for sure not not, <laughs> not, not, not many we could share and tell but yeah there's plenty of funny ones Speaking of cornermen, uh, I know coming up to Canada, Americans often have a tough time bringing guys with them. What, what's the case with you? Um, I mean, I'm I'm good. You know, I got my head coach coming with me, uh, Julio, and uh, from Saxon's Muay Thai, and uh, I'm gonna have another one of my training partners slash coaches, uh, Eddie. Will probably be able to make it too as well. There's actually an event going on the same day with uh, with uh, Ellis Mania. Which is actually might might possibly pull away uh, my buddy Eddie for the show, but it's happening twenty minutes down the road in Vancouver. So, uh, but yeah, it's no problem for me. I mean, my coach Julio, we're good. Passports good, locked up, ready to go. Nice. Yeah, I was going to talk to you about Ellis Mania. I'm actually passing up Battlefield this time to head to Ellis Mania. Um, haven't done that ever before. Given up a chance to watch Battlefield. I've been to. 40 plus events now but Ellis Mania coming to town is sort of a I don't know I wouldn't say once in a lifetime experience because it'll probably end up coming back but the fact that it's coming here to Vancouver for the first time I, I gotta check it out man I, I've been I've been a part of the last like four Ellis Manias I've fought I've fought in it and uh, been a bit a part of it and it's uh, it's it's a blast to be honest, man. And anybody that can make it, I, I know it's already sold out. So, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a blast. It's a good time. It's comedy. I mean, you're going to laugh your ass off. You'll see some fights that are some really good fights and then you'll see some stuff that you'll just be blown away by. But it's, it's a, I would say definitely can't miss opportunity, but, uh, I think for sure the way Ellis is talking, man, they'll, they'll be up in Canada. He, his following up there is so big that he'll, they're going to come back. They're going to start trying to do two to three a year. They're doing three this year. So I'm sure they'll be back up there soon. Talk about your, your relationship with Jason Ellis. How, how did that all start and how did you get involved with competing and, and being a part of these past Ellis manias? It's actually a really funny story, man. I mean, I've, 
I've grown up in the action sports kind of industry, you know, you know, whether it's from skateboarding or riding BMX, dirt bikes, whatnot, you know, so I've always, I knew of Ellis and whatnot when he was competing back in the day and one of the best in the world. And, uh, I've always listened to his show, you know, his show is comical, man. It's one of the best shows out there on faction radio on uh, Sirius XM. But, uh, Basically, uh, he was just talking one day about because he had a, he's actually had one pro fight before in Vegas, um, MMA fight, and he had stopped training for a while. And he he basically was on the show, you know, talking about how he'd really like to get back into it, and, and uh, didn't really have a gym to go to because the one he went to had closed down, and you know he, he just didn't have much going on as far as partners or whatever. So I just I sent him a tweet, man. I, he didn't follow me or anything on twitter but i just i sent him a tweet told him that uh i kind of just did with like the blunt outright was just uh you can come train at my gym i'd love to punch you in the face <laughs> and uh he ba- he basically wrote me back and the rest is pretty much that's it he came out that next weekend we trained then we trained again and then now i mean we've pretty much been pretty good uh pretty good friends every since man that's awesome no i i uh heard on uh the Voice Boys show, you were on that podcast, or This Boys Life last yeah. week. And uh, so you're good buddies with Dave Boyce as well, which is pretty cool. It sort of sucks that you are missing out on Ellis Mania, but I guess you got to get paid. Yeah, I mean, I meeting, meeting Dave was pretty much through, you know, once I went through Ellis and uh, uh, met Ellis, I ended up meeting him and Rob and a bunch of the guys through RDS and, you know, that whole entire... Uh, side over there they're, they're awesome the guys up there in canada rds has been great to me you know they've always treated me well and whenever we go to the vegas ellis manias and whatnot you know we always have a good time so i'm looking forward to meeting up with uh rob and all the guys and you know having a good time in, in vancouver I'm, I'm staying for an extra four or five days so we're gonna i'm gonna check out the town and try to tear it down <laughs> nice man now i i guess it's sort of coincided with your rds sponsorship just the meeting between you and dave and and rob and and stuff like that it it was an easy transition to getting with those guys and getting hooked up by rds yeah i mean mean, ellis is kind of the guy that originally had pulled some strings you know and kind of kind of hooked me up but i mean the more and more we've got to know him you know i mean they've been super supportive you know that's the shirt that i walk out with every single fight now it is uh, an rds shirt um, so, I mean, but yeah, they've been super supportive and he, uh, whenever he can, he gets me on his podcast before my fight. So I can kind of spread the word and, you know, whether it's get some ticket sales going or, or whatnot, but yeah, they, they've all been super supportive and they're all, you know, a good group of guys. For sure. Now I, I saw on your record sort of moving away from talking about that, that you've had a few canceled fights. That sounds like something that happens quite often up here in, uh, Vancouver, I, I'm sure the the fights ended up happening or whatnot, but up here in Canada, it's tough for guys to find opponents. Um, at, at your level down there in California, has it been easy for you to find opponents, or or are guys ducking you and stuff like that? Man, it's been hell. <laughs> it's been hell actually. I fought in October, and I lost. It was a super close fight. I made a mistake. I ended up getting caught in an armbar with about 30 seconds left in the third round in a fight that I was. It was pretty damn close, but I'm pretty sure I was winning the fight. And uh, you know, it was unfortunate, but uh, I was pissed. Uh, I had like an eight-week training camp, seven, seven, eight-week training camp for that fight. It was for uh, RFA, and I was pissed, man. So I went back to the gym like a week later. And I kept training, and I was we we called everybody, man, and 
this is the first fight I've been able to get since then. Like we've been on the phone. We can't, we couldn't get anything. So, I mean, I don't know if it's the record or, or the one or the 185 class is a little thin right now or what was going on. Just none of the stars aligned, man. I couldn't, I couldn't get anything, but, uh, I'm glad that Battlefield gave me the chance to for this contender fight, you know. So, uh, let's. I'm, I'm ready, man. Let's do this <laughs> for sure. So it doesn't sound much different up here than it does down there in terms of getting fights. It's uh, as you said to to Dave and and those guys on the show. If you were to eventually make it to the big show, the UFC or or another top promotion, you'd end up dropping down to 170. Um, is that something that you've done already? Has it, have you ever done a test cut to 70? Have you fought at 70 or is this something that would be completely brand new if you were to make that big show? I mean, I was kind of talking to some people about it, my coaches, whatnot, and it's, I've done it before. I've done it three times and two of my losses have come there. Um, you know, they were, they were better opponents, but I mean, both of them were split decisions um on those losses but you know the the cut plays a big factor in it the one thing that's going to be huge is is you know i know that you know the the ufc and california and all and all these states are taking on the uh the um not wada testing but the can't remember the name of it but they're basically you're banning ivs and you're doing all that stuff so i mean for me 70 is a giant cut with no IVs, you know, I mean, it's 30, 30 plus pounds. I got to lose, but I kind of think the way, the way everything's going right now is you're going to start seeing all these guys, you know, go up a closer weight class to their, their walking around weight, I guess you would say, where they only got to cut, you know, 15 pounds, stuff like that, because guys that do these big monster cuts aren't going to be able to do it without these IVs. I mean, you're going to see them fight like shit and they're not going to, they're gonna get, you're gonna see a lot more guys get knocked out, and you because know, you got to have those IVs to get back. You know, oral hydration doesn't work, just like a normal like an IV. So I mean, if if this band kind of sticks around, I'll probably be staying around at 85 to be honest, because I don't know if I can pull the 30 pound cut without any uh, hydration like that. Have you seen Have you seen a big difference in strength between you and your opponents that you're fighting at 85? Um. I mean, not not really, man. I, 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 like I said, I fought amateur, although it's amateur. I fought amateur every fight at 85, and I held my own. Uh, my first seven fights at pro were at 85. I started off 7-0. and um, And the bigger difference is more or less like the height and reach. You know, a lot of the guys are – I fought a guy that was 6'5", you know, for RFA in February of like a year ago. I mean, the guy was 6'5". And by the time the fight started, he was probably 220. But oh, I mean, geez. <laughs> the one, yeah, but the, I mean, the one thing that, that I have, I mean, you have these guys coming down, they may have the weight or the, the weight and the height, but I'm more around my walking weight, you know? So my gas tank, I, I believe, will usually be a lot more full. You know, the reserves will be there compared to these guys. Cause I don't care what anybody says, man. You cut, you, you cut that weight, it, it, it messes with your gas tank. Now, Brendan Kornberger, as we said, hometown guy here. Um, I don't know if you know, but he's also a, a working and everyday, he's a fireman up here in Vancouver. Do you have a day job as well? Yeah, I heard that. I, I saw uh, one of the posts, whatever, it was his captain talking about, you know, the firefighter and 
not only not only uh, putting guys out but saving lives as well but uh i mean i, I respect that you know firefighters and police are, are well needed but yeah man i have a uh, i work almost 50 hours a week every week plus training so it's uh living the american dream plus uh chasing another no kidding that's got to be tough dude i mean uh Getting 50 hours a week is, is more than your average work week of a 40-hour week, as they say, and, and still being able to get in there and, and train. Are, there's obviously days where you're like, oh, shit, do I have to go to the gym? Yeah, I mean, it's it's more or less, I mean, just thinking about your opponent type deal, it'll drive you. I mean, you might be tired as hell, but you know that you can't just be taking random days off just because you worked, you know? I mean, there's times when I'll train on my lunch break, whether it's strength and conditioning and like uh and like get some running in and then after work, you know, I take off um and I'll go from, from my work down to uh Saxon's Muay Thai, get some work in there, or whether I go to boss's place and get some jujitsu in or strength training there, you know. So it's you kinda just you gotta do it, you know, two a days, however you can get it done. It's uh it's gotta get done and it, it's you know, it's not ideal. I mean a lot of guys uh you know fighting is their job but i mean you know I got, I got a mortgage to pay and and uh, a lot of fighters don't have it but having insurance and stuff you know that's that's huge so um but you know there's guys that pulled it off and that had the belt in the ufc like shane carwin you know he was a champ and he the guy was an engineer you know he still worked 40 50 hours a week and pulled it off so it can be done you know you just gotta kind of do it smart and listen to your body how much do you know about brendan kornberger coming into this fight um, a decent amount, you know, I've got, I've got like four or five fights, you know, full fight films on him, you know, and I've, I've watched them all from his world series, uh, shows to the, to the shows with you, uh, with, with battlefield. And, uh, you know, he's, he's kind of, a uh, he's like a jack of all trades, I guess you would say, uh, he's not really, uh, I wouldn't say great at anything, but he's not terrible at anything. You know, he's just a, a solid kind of well-rounded fighter, um, uh, scrappy guy he's not afraid to get in there and bang he likes to stand i mean which i'm stoked you know let's let's get in there and, and swing it out and uh and see who falls explain to fans out there uh just a couple more questions here so explain to fans out there what they can expect from the american when he enters that battlefield cage i'm just always looking to put on a great show man you know i mean uh i look to finish fights too um of my 12 pro fights, you know, I've, I've finished seven of them. Um, only a few of them have gone, you know, to decision and, and, uh, and I'm just, I'm an exciting fighter, you know, I get in there and, and whether it's ground and pound or standing or banging, you know, I'm, I'm swinging for the fences and, uh, there's not really a part of the game that I'm worried about. You know, I'm, I'm got a decent wrestling wrestled a few years in high school and kept it going. Uh, jujitsu is solid. My stand up, I feel like I got heavy hands, man. So, I mean, it's going to be a fun, exciting fight, and uh, I look forward to putting on a nice show. I know I heard you say that th- this is a contender fight. If you win against Kornberger, you'll be getting a shot. Who knows against, I mean, it's against Ryan James, but who knows when, uh, because he's got a bit of a nagging injury, supposedly. Uh, what are your goals for the rest of 2016, then, looking past that? I mean, right now it's, you know, eyes are set on Brandon Kornberger. So, I mean, once I get that hand raised, you know, we uh, <clears throat> I definitely want to know right away, I mean, who can they put in front of me? Uh, I want to stay busy. Uh, I'm not looking to sit around. You know, I, like I said, I fought in October for RFA, and I don't want that big of a lull again between like seven months. You know, I want to go again. 
Um, I've already been in their ear. You know, I told them when I win this fight, you know, when are you guys put me back in the cage next for that belt? You know, because I want to, I want that belt. I want to bring it back. And that's my goal is to get that. So, and they've already, like you already mentioned, you know, they said that uh, Ryan's hurt. And, uh, you know, I mean, the guy hasn't fought for, I mean, by the time it happens, you know, it's going to be like nine, ten months if we were to fight, you know. So, I mean, someone else has got to maybe do an interim deal or something like that. But, um, you know, like I said, I'm more definitely focused on this first fight, you know. But uh, after that, I want to stay busy. I know you haven't uh, been up here yet. You haven't seen the way the production and all that stuff, how Battlefield has handled you on the night of the fight or the weigh-ins the day before. But thus far, how has it been working with Battlefield Fight League? Uh, it's been solid, you know. It's been smooth, you know. Uh, I know it's kind of tough for promotions these days. Uh, you know, a lot, a lot of promotions don't like bringing guys in, you know. I mean, so, you know, hats off to them for getting me in my corner out there and, and putting us up and, and, and taking care of us. But, uh, you know, so far, you know, it's been it's been fairly smooth sailing. Um, uh, there's, you know, you always got little bumps here and there between, the, you know, the promotion and the fighter, you know, because one side wants to win the negotiating prize more than the other. But besides <laughs> that, man, we're, we've been we've – been, uh, it's it's good, man. We're signed. We're signed the dotted line. We're ready to go. So following this fight, I hear you're making your way to Ellis Mania after the fight. You're not going to stick around and watch any more of the fights. That's the truth. Uh who knows? You know, I mean, I, I kind of want to uh, check out maybe a little bit of the, what's going on, but more or less, man, it's uh, the vic- the Ellis Mania is going to be my victory party. So we got to go over there and check it out. Uh, I. I've been to the last four, so I mean, I'd like to definitely get out there and check it out. I know it's, uh, I kind of checked it out on Google. I think it's like 20 minutes away, so got to get that figured out and uh, get on over there. But uh, yeah. So your buddies, finally, here we go. Your buddies, the three of them, Rob, Dave, and Jason Ellis, are going to be in the pinata fight. How do they win that yeah, one? My, How do they win that that's one? That's my fight right there. <laughs> Uh, it's more or less not really a winner, you know, it's, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's, uh, usually it's me, uh, Kit Cope and, and, and Eddie Jackson, um, uh, they put a giant RDS, uh, pinata in the corner, uh, the corner of a boxing ring and it's about five, six feet off the ground and, uh, all the fighters stand are all, you know, us three, the pros stand in front of it and then you have four you know, fans that that are uh, that come in and they they basically try to get past you guys to uh, to break the pinata. So <laughs> basically, we're we're the the well, they'll be defending the actual pinata that night. Usually, it's like I said, usually it's us three, but now you got the Boyce brothers and Ellis going after it. So, is it going to be tougher with those three, or I mean, you guys were the pros? They're uh, two amateurs and a guy that's fought pro before once. <laughs> Yeah, I heard. Uh, I heard. I heard that the Eddie Eddie might jump in there, so you might have a pro as well. But uh, they'll be all right. I know you're gonna have, uh, you know, some of the diehard hard fans. They're gonna want to go after Ellis, man. It's that's just they're gonna say, you know, screw the pinata and go straight for him because if they can put their hands on him, one, you know, they're that's one of their like, you know, they're. I, they, I punched Jason, you know, so it's more or less, you know, I, I've seen that happen all the time. Whenever he gets in the ring, the guys go nuts because they want to they wanna be the guy that punched him. So he definitely needs to have watch out. But uh, I've seen uh, Rob and, and Dave both, you know, swing. They'll be fine. But uh, I think it'll just be stand-up this time, our boxing. But uh, usually when we go, 
we're allowed to kick with with one leg, so that that's a little added bonus. But I don't know if they'll be doing the same thing. No kidding, geez, it sounds like fun. I think I'm gonna have a blast at this thing, man. Just uh, it's been yeah. a blast talking to you, dude. Uh, just let people know where they can get a hold of you, social media universe. If you have any sponsors to shout out, the floor is yours, man. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, on Facebook, you know, it's Mike Jasper MMA or just Mike Jasper. Um, both my Instagram and Twitter handles. It's a uh, at Stu Jasper MMA, and uh, you know, as far as sponsors go and stuff, um, you know, I have a uh, Training Meals LA Pro Dip, uh, Rockwell Watches, uh, Lannis Egg Whites, Live Athletics uh, Physical Therapy, uh, Oral IV, obviously the you know the Boyce Brothers and, and RDS, uh, El Rey Cantina, Lucid Twenty Seven Tattoos, and uh, my my two gyms, man. Huge thanks to to Julio and Saxon's Muay Thai. You know, I wouldn't be you know, in this situation without them and obviously boss and boss Rutan's gym, you know, I'm really looking forward to, uh, putting on this fight. You know, I switched gyms a little bit and went to Saxon's and, you know, the guys over there have been great. we got a great team and I've learned a lot of new stuff and I can't wait to go out there and put it all in line. Thanks a lot for your time today, Mike. Uh, good luck on Saturday, May 7th, buddy. Right on, man. I appreciate it. Uh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll see you at the after party. I'm not sure if you know where it's at, but it's supposed to be a good spot. That was Mike Jasper sounding confident as ever uh, in his anticipation coming up here to Canada to take on the hometown kid, Brendan Kornberger. Sounds like the winner of that fight will get a crack at Ryan Jaynes' middleweight championship. So good luck to him Saturday night at Battlefield Fight League 43. And thank you to Justin Pirot for taking the time to do that interview with Sergey Karatanov. Something came up on my schedule and I had to miss out on that one. So thanks to Justin for picking up my slack. Now, UFC Fight Night Rotterdam goes down this weekend, Sunday in North America. The main card, Alistair Overeem versus Andre Arlovsky. Antonio Bigfoot Silva versus Stefan Struve. Albert Tumanov versus Gunnar Nelson. Jermaine Durandavdeem, I didn't say that correctly, versus Anna Elrose. Nikita Krylov takes on Fransimar Barroso. And uh, I'm not even going to attempt the women's strawweights. Heather Joe Clark versus Katrina so- or Carolina something. My goodness, I murdered that. Butchered the names on that fight card. Sorry, guys. As always, I'd like to thank my sponsors, ProAmBelts.com, BCKimonos.ca, FusionFightGear.com, FloatHouse.ca, and Trunar Screen Printing. Check them out for all your needs in those various areas. Make sure you like MMA Sucka on Facebook, facebook.com slash MMA Sucka. Follow us on Twitter at MMA Sucka. You can check myself out on Twitter at JeremyBrand604. And with that, I'm out. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, sucker, sucker radio. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, sucker, sucker radio. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, sucker, sucker radio. Come and listen, it's about that time. Yes, download the show or you can stream online. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, sucker, sucker radio.
It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, sucker, sucker radio. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, sucker, sucker radio. Come and listen, it's about that time. Yes, download the show or you can stream online. Out.